Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor at the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now, get ready to be transformed by this message. Well, today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. We remember the resurrection of our Lord. This is our faith. And herein lies the power of salvation. Hallelujah. And today I'm going to share a very simple message with you. So if you'll rise up with me for a moment, I want us to enter the Lord's presence with a prayer. Father in heaven, we are grateful and thankful this afternoon we thank you for this great day Amen. resurrection sunday Amen. lord we love you yes. and we pray that you will speak to our hearts Amen. this afternoon Amen. let every soul that is present here not leave the same Amen. as they came Amen. but i pray let the power of your spirit Amen. present your word Amen. and transform our lives Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord and please be seated. And turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 3 and verse number 16. John chapter 3 and verse 16. I want to share with you this afternoon why did God send his son? Why did God send his son? John chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. 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 On this Resurrection Sunday, I want us to reflect on the reason why God sent his son into the world. Hallelujah. Amen. As long as the church keeps its focus on this reason, as long as we maintain this focus, to be the real reason why the church exists, the church shall remain relevant. Amen. The church loses its relevance and its favor from God when we lose focus of this. Christians lose their relevance and their favor from God when we lose focus of why God sent his son. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the founder of our church told the story about how he had eight cows. He bought eight cows and he bought one bull and placed the bull in the midst of the cows. And you know why he did that? He wanted the bull to impregnate the female cows. He wanted the female cows to be pregnant and produce more cows and more bulls. Wow. But then 
after about two years, the female cows were not pregnant. Not a single one of them. And he noticed that this bull just goes around and comes around eating grass, occupying space, dropping large droplets and being clean. And when the female goes near him, he moves away. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. So the bull became useless to the owner. The bull became useless to the owner. The bull did not fulfill the purpose and the reason why he was brought amongst the females. So one day, one of his church members was planning a wedding. And they were talking about the reception, what they are going to do, how they are going to host the guests. And guess what came into his mind? He says, I have a useless bull. May God never find you a useless son or a useless daughter. But may you be relevant to God. May you remain relevant to God. May you always have the favor of God. Hallelujah. So he dashed his bull to this new couple to kill and be married. Because that bull lost its essence. That bull lost its reason for bringing him amongst the females. Hallelujah. Amen. So why did God send his son? Why did God send his son into the world? Did God send his son into the world so you can find a good wife in a church? Did God send his son into the world so you can find a good husband? Can you give me a little volume, please? Is that why God sent his son? Did God send his son so you'll be rich? Because when Christians are inviting people to church, they say, come, God will bless you and you'll be rich. Come to church and you'll find a wife. Come to church and you'll find a good husband. Is that the reason why God sent his son? To die for us, his only son. Christians are losing the focus. See, it wasn't a problem for the bull to eat grass and to occupy space and to drop droppings and be cleaned. It wasn't a problem for the owner as long as the bull was maintaining the course. It's not a problem for God to bless you. It's not a problem for God to give you a good husband or a good wife. It's not a problem for God to make you rich and prosperous. It's not a problem for God to give you houses. It's not a problem. As long as you maintain the focus. As long as you maintain the focus. You know, many people get jobs. They get on a job. And the employer will offer you so many things. They offer you insurance. They offer you vacation. They offer you bonuses. They give you so many incentives. Sometimes they give you a car and they fill the car on a weekly basis with gasoline. And they provide all of these things. But they have one reason for doing all of that. And as long as you maintain that reason, you become relevant to the employer. 
As long as Christians will maintain the reason why God sent his son, we become relevant to him. Amen. Say amen. amen. Most of us have lost the focus. And we come to God for all sorts of reasons except this one reason. Hallelujah. We come to God with all the reasons that are personal to us except the very reason why he sent his son. Once a man went to travel abroad and as he was returning, his wife and his children came to the airport to meet him. So when he arrived at the arrival hall, the wife noticed, oh, your dad is here. And the children ran to the father. They all ran to the father. And the father was so excited to see him, to see them. He's been away for so long and he was so excited to see them. So as they were coming, running to him, he put his suitcases down and he lifted up his arms to welcome them. And guess what the children did? They all ran to the suitcases. Because they know that when dad arrives, when dad has traveled abroad and he comes, there is something in his suitcases for us. And the father was standing there and he just saw his children running to the suitcases. And they were fighting over the suitcases. Grabbed the suitcases and left them standing there. This is what we do to God. We run to God for the things we need. We run to God for what we want and don't have any care for Him. But guess what? What the children did not know that regardless of how much interest they had in a suitcase, regardless of how much they wanted a suitcase, The one who owns the suitcase, the one who knows what are in the suitcases, the one who owns the keys to the suitcase was the one that they ignored. And God is saying, he owns the keys to your happiness. He owns the keys to your peace. He owns the keys to your prosperity. He owns the keys to your safety. As long as you maintain a focus on him, everything in the suitcase is coming to your house. Put your hands together. That is what we do to God. We become irrelevant and dispensable when we lose focus of why he sent his son. But God sent his son that people should not perish. God sent his son that no one perishes and go to hell. Hallelujah. And we, we lose focus of that. Whenever you see a person, the thing that should come on your mind is that this person can perish and go to hell. That person can perish and go to hell. And that Jesus died 
to save this person. That is the reason why God sent his son. That no one perishes and goes to hell. Hallelujah. Hell is a real place, brothers and sisters. Hell is a real place. There is a place called hell. You know, when you have an opportunity, visit one of those websites about NDEs, near-death experiences. These are people who have come so close to death and they all have a common story. They all do have a common story. There was one particular man, about 48 years old. He was a quite dangerous man. He was a robber, a thief, a drug dealer. And one day, he went to a store to buy something. And as he was coming out, he met another man at the entrance. And the man stood in the doorway and he told the man to move. And the man told him to move. And there was an altercation. And they started fighting because he pushed the man away and the man started hitting him. And the man pushed him. No, he pushed the man and the man fell onto some bottles behind him in a store and he grabbed the piece of the bottle that was broken and started fighting with that bottle. And he cut the man's tendon and cut an artery and he started bleeding and he was pouring out and pouring out. So the man in the store, the owner of the store called the ambulance and they picked this man up and they drove him to the hospital and when he got to the hospital, they told him the bleeding is so deep, I mean, the vessel is so deep that this small hospital cannot fix that. So they should take him to a bigger hospital. And as they were going in the ambulance, the paramedic that was in the back of the ambulance looked at the man and he realized that this man would not make it to the hospital. The amount of blood that was coming out. So he began to talk to him and he said, do you know Jesus Christ as your savior? Have you given your life to Christ? And the man said, forget about that. He says, give your life to Jesus. You may not make it. Give your life to Jesus. Repent of your sins and give your life to Jesus. And the man said, who is Jesus? And then he says, he's the son of God. He died for your sins. He says, brother, forget about that. And then he wanted to. Then he was in between. Either to receive or not to receive. And the man kept talking to him. And then he realized the man was losing consciousness. And then he pushes his heart. And then he wakes up. He says, give your life to Christ. And the man started. He wanted to pray. But the prayer would not come out. The prayer would not come out. They made it to the hospital. The paramedic said he saw this fear in the eyes of this man. He said he has never seen any person with such fear in his eyes. They made it to the hospital and they were able to resuscitate him and he got well. And this man, you can Google him. He said, at the time that he was pushing on him and resuscitating him, 
felt there was some smoke in the ambulance and he was being dragged out and they dragged him and then he found himself in a place where there was fire and then he heard his brother his brother's voice and brother stood up and said Freddie don't come here Freddie this is not a place Freddie do not come here and then he said what are you doing here Johnny he says don't come here whatever it is don't come here it's a place of torture and then he had another friend who was also a rapper with him they went to rob a store and he got shot and he died this friend this brother had drowned he got drunk and drowned and they never found him so this friend also is telling him freddy no not this place freddy not this place and this friend came out and there was fire on him fire but he's not burning and he says not this place not this place and this man was torn in between and then he made it he survived and today he's a wonderful preacher Beloved, there's a real place called hell. There's a place called hell. Hallelujah. Amen. Many people do not believe it. Many people don't want to believe it. But there is a place called hell. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to read a scripture in the Bible. In Luke chapter 16, verse 19. And we can close. Luke chapter 16 and verse 19. Luke 16 and verse 19. It says, There was a certain rich man. I want your attention. It said, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. He was dressed in purple and fine linen. When the Bible talks about purple, it talks about rich clothing. And he fed sumptuously every day. He ate very well. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sauce. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass. Are you are you watching? Yes. yes. And it came to pass that the beggar died. You see, this is all that we know about. We know that we live, there are rich people, and there are poor people. And we know that one day we will all die. And what we do know is that the person dies, and that's it. That the person dies, and that's the end. Today I'm going to show you what really happens after death. By the death of two people. Who died 
and this story was told by Jesus. Jesus told many parables and the Bible will state that and he told the parable saying the kingdom of God is likened unto this. This is not one of the parables. This was a real story that Jesus told and he mentioned the names of people. In his parables he never mentioned names. This is the story that happened. And you and I do not know what happens after death. The one who knows is the one who is able to tell a story like this. So I want your attention just for a few minutes. Don't look at your phones. Just for a few minutes. He says, and it came to pass that the beggar died. The beggar died. And what we know is that someone dies and we go and bury the person and we have a funeral and that person is scratched off in our lives and it's gone and that's it. Look at what happened. He says, and the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The beggar died and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Beloved, when someone dies, it's not over. When someone dies, that is not the end. It says he died and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. That is one person. The rich man also died. Now you're going to find poor people always dying before the rich because they can't afford the surgery, they can't afford this kind of medicine, they can't afford this operation, they can't afford to go to see this doctor. So you find poor people sometimes sooner or later they die than the rich. But the rich will die and the poor will die. You can push them as far away as possible, it's going to come. You can stay on a respirator as long as you can, but one day you will go. He says, and the rich man also died and was buried. And look at what happened. He says, and in hell, and in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment. Beloved, there is a place called heaven and there's a place called hell. You may choose not to believe it. You may choose. It's your choice to believe it or not to believe it. But the reality is that it is there. The unfortunate situation is that your doubts does not matter. It does not change the fact that there is heaven and there is hell. He says the, the rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. He saw Lazarus in his bosom and he cried. He cried and said, Father Abraham, 
have mercy on me and send Lazarus, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Beloved, I'm not sure if you have felt thirsty before. But this is not a kind of test you have felt. That you are begging for a drop of water to be placed on your tongue. That you want just a drop of water on your tongue to cool your tongue. But there's a place. There's a place where the thirsty is begging for just a drop of water to cool the tongue. He says, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I am tormented in this flame. You know, sometimes people wonder and they say, God is too good to put us in a place like that. It's not possible. If God is that good, why is he going to put us in a place like that? You know? If we human beings, we can make a a place called prison and put people there because they are bad and put people there because they don't fit to be in a society. If we human beings who were created in the image of God. If we know to create a place where we can separate the good from the evil, from the bad, then God can make a place. God can make a place. He says, I am tormented in this flame. And look, and Abraham said, Son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides, besides all this, between us and you, there is a great God fixed. There is a great God fixed. There is a separation between here and there so that they which would pass from thence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that will come from thence. There's a great God fix such that people here can never go to that place and people here can never come to this place. It is a one-time decision and that decision is made in this lifetime. It's a journey whose decision is made in this lifetime. When that decision is made after death, it's over. When a child is in the womb and the child is born, whether the child's eyes were mature, whether the heart had the holes closed, once the child is born, that's the end. The child cannot go back in the womb and repair again. When you enter into one of these places, 
either here or there, that is the end. That is a final destination. And to decide to go there or here is in this lifetime. Then he said, look at this. This is Jesus telling the story. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. I pray you, Father Abraham, send this man. If he cannot bring water to cool my tongue, then send him to my father's house on earth. Why? For I have five brothers. I have five brothers. That he may testify, testify unto them. Testify what he has seen. Testify of what is happening here. Testify to them that there is a real place called heaven and hell. Go and tell my five brothers that there is a real place. It's not a joke. What we've been hearing from the preachers is not a joke. There is a real place called hell that they don't come here. Beloved, hell is a place that you will not wish for your worst enemy to come. Even for the people that you go to witness to and then they throw their hands at you and they snap at you and sometimes you feel like Jesus should come right now so they will know that this is true. Haven't you felt like that before? Sometimes you go and you meet someone. May I talk to you about Jesus? Jesus, and you pray, you wish that Jesus would have come right now. And they, have you felt like that before? The other day, someone was trying to talk. We talked to someone about coming to church, giving your life to God. He said, I gotta go do full shopping, man. I've got something important to do. I'm gonna have to go do full shopping. I can't come. says, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Tell them so they don't come to this place of torment. I have five brothers. I know their behavior. I know they don't believe it. People have told us. I was with them. Preachers have come to our houses. We have gone to churches and when they were preaching, we were laughing. I know them. Please. Send Lazarus to go and testify. You are preaching. Wow. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear him. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. So this rich man is saying, Send Moses, send Lazarus, who is from here. Lazarus, who has died. And if Lazarus were to go, look at the next verse. He said, and he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one, if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Then I just tell you a story about the NDE, about Maurice Rawlings. Maurice Rawlings was a cardiologist who was uh, an atheist. 
and the experiences that he has had with NDEs is now a powerful preacher testifying of heaven and hell. He said, send Lazarus. And Abraham said, nay. I can't send him. He says, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, if they are not listening to the preachers, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one was sent from the dead. Abraham said, they have preachers right now, preaching to them right now, this very moment. They have preachers standing before them and telling them about heaven and about hell. If they cannot believe that, if they are not persuaded, then I'll tell you, if someone rose from the dead and stood before them and preached, they will still not believe. They will still not believe. Beloved, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after death, there is judgment. This decision is made in this lifetime. Whilst we are alive. Whilst we are here. We make that decision. After that, there is judgment. After that, there is judgment. After that, there is judgment. I don't think you are here by chance today. I don't think you are here by accident. God really wanted to get your attention. That it is not a joke. It is not a joke. There is a real place called hell. And there is a place called heaven. It is not a fantasy. It is not a made-up thing. It is not for ignorant people. We are not ignorant. We are highly educated people. Highly educated people. We are not ignorant. But you need to hear this. And that is why we brought you here. To tell you that there is heaven and there is hell. And the decision is made in this lifetime. Put your hands together for the Lord. Bow your heads with me for just a few minutes. We are closing the service right now. I want you to just bow your heads with me. And please minimize movement, no movement. Stay, everyone stay where you are. This is a very, very important moment. Father, we are grateful and thankful. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word this afternoon we thank you for speaking to us this afternoon in the name of Jesus we are privileged to hear this we thank you we bless you this 
to give everyone that is here an opportunity to make this choice, to make this decision. The decision to choose whether when you part in this world, you will go to heaven or you go to hell. It is your choice. I want to give you that opportunity today to make that choice. It's a very simple decision. And if you make that decision, I will just pray with you. This afternoon, perhaps someone invited you to church. Some of you were very reluctant. You didn't even feel like coming. But you came. And I believe it's not by chance. It's not by accident. God wanted to speak to you. This afternoon, if you are here, and you are saying, Pastor, I don't want to go to this place of torment. I don't want to go to hell when I die. I want to be with Jesus. I want to be in Abraham's bosom. Beloved, what if this is real? What is if it's true? Would you want to be in this place of torment eternal? The rest of eternity. What if this is real? Don't be like the rich man who found out and now he's begging for his brothers to hear it. I'm giving you the opportunity now. If you want to make that decision, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to choose this place that when I die, I will be with the Lord. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Only your right hand. I see your hand. God bless you. Is there anyone else? You are making a decision. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Is there anyone else like that? I know God bless you. I see your hand. I know God is talking to you. God is talking to you. You can hear a still voice and it's saying, today is your chance. Perhaps you may not have this opportunity again. Perhaps you may not have this opportunity again. If you want to give your life to Christ, you want to make that decision, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. There are more. There are more. God is talking to many people right now. You know God is talking to you. You are an individual. Do not look at anyone else. Please. Do not look at anyone else. You will stand alone. The rich man stood alone. And he was pleading for his five brothers. He stood alone. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Lift up your hands. I want to see it. High and lifted up. Wonderful. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now I want to pray with everyone whose hand is lifted up. I want to pray with you. I want you to say a short prayer with me. So I want you to just come forward here. Just take that bold step. Come forward here. I want to pray with you. Come. Come, brother. Come, my sister. Come, my sister. Come, my brother. Come. Come. Many, many people should join. There are many amongst you. Come, come, come. Come, come. Come, come. Come, come. Come, come. Come, come. There are many. I feel that there is a young woman here. I feel God is talking to you. You know yourself. Come, come. You can hear the voice. You can hear the voice. Come. Come. Just lift up your hand and come. 
not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. Come. lift up your right hand. I want you to say this prayer with me. Is anyone else coming? Anyone else coming? I feel there are some young people. I don't know. The Lord is ministering. There's a young woman on this side, on my left hand side. The Lord is talking to you and he says you don't have forever to make that decision. You may not have the opportunity to make that decision again. You can come. You can come. 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 You know yourself. I don't know who you are, but I feel the vibe is on this side. Come, come, yes, come. The Lord is talking to you. I felt it in my spirit. Come, come. It's a bold step. God bless you. Yes. Now say this prayer with me. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. I come to you as a sinner, just as I am. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I choose you as my Lord, as my Master, as my Savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now say this. Say, Satan, I'm done with you. I have made a choice. I have made a choice. Listen very carefully. I have chosen Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. I will walk with Jesus. I will serve Jesus the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come worship with us at the Kodesh Family Church located at 1810 Randall Avenue, Bronx, New York at 2 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you.